Talk to Me is the name of the podcast. We're on episode 34. Yay, we did an episode this week. Yeah, we're actually getting one out. Um, It worked. It worked. Because you really love the listeners. <laughs> and you wanted to get it done. Only me. Only you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could just take it or leave it, but whatever. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here I am, uh, ready for another episode. Sort of. Sort of ready. I mean, you know, it's as much prep as we usually do, which consists of, hey, you want to talk about this? Well, okay. Sure. <laughs> cool. So, almost no prep. But, um, just a quick update. Yes. We're no longer sick. Yay! No more sickies. Yay! We're feeling good here in the Broccolo household, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. There's We've just... We've got a, a plethora of, um, vitamins over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, all of our homeopathic, um, yeah, well, like you said, just vitamins, <laughs> just all the stuff to fight off the sickness by echinacea, and elderberry, and probiotics, and mm-hmm. all the good stuff. Vitamin C, mm-hmm. always good. Got some uh, multivitamins, because yep. adults take multivitamins, so I decided <laughs> to start taking multivitamins. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, feeling so much better than we have the past couple weeks, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, what's going on? Um, well, just sort of mentally preparing myself for you not being here the rest of the week. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) No, actually, oddly enough, I'm not worried about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I... I know we're going to be just fine, so I'm yeah. not concerned. Cool. I mean, I'm. I know we're gonna miss you, and I'm sad about that part. But other than that, I'm like, whatever. It'll go by fast because I'll be really busy. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. You'll have the kids to keep you company. Yeah. Every second of the day. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Yeah, and I'm. I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to it. I I I don't even know what we're gonna do. I know we're gonna go to the conference. I don't know what else we're gonna do. It'll be Just, a fun little adventure. Yes, yes, an adventure. <laughs> Sorry, inside jokes aren't good for podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not worth the time to explain it either. <laughs> Just yeah, adventures. A little joke from last week. Anyways, yeah, so um, it hasn't been very long since we recorded our last podcast. So it hasn't. There's not really that much to talk about. I mean, it was just us recuperating. What did we do over the weekend? Oh, um, what did we do over the weekend? Not much, let no, me tell you. because Ollie was still kind of funky. Yeah, so yeah, he was still getting over it. Hung out at home, mm-hmm. except for going over to your parents' house on Sunday nights like we always do. Yeah. I was trying to cram in a bunch of schools so that I could get it done before my trip. Didn't quite get it all done, but made a dent in it, which is good. Um, so yeah, very eventful weekend as well, you know, <laughs> so tons to talk about. So yeah, I don't know. Anything interesting you've been reading since uh, the last time we recorded this? Or... No, not really watched or listened to 
Um, yes, uh, I've been listening to a lot, so I got a Spotify account for work. Oh yeah. Um, and so I've been listening to a lot of new music. Well, I say new. Uh, some of it's new, but uh, some of it's just new to me, and I've been enjoying it a lot, which is pretty cool. A Perfect Circle put out an album, like the first one they've done in like 14 years, which is kind of crazy. And it's pretty good. I prefer their older stuff. Like the newer stuff just kind of makes me want to listen to the older stuff, but it's still good. I didn't listen good. to them. I think especially the singer is very, uh, uh, I know he's a very weird guy, but his vocal melodies are very distinct and he's, he has really good control over his voice. So I like him a lot. He is very talented. So that's been cool. Um, there is another band that I've been listening to a lot, but I wanted to reco them. So we'll just He's skip over that. going to save it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't have any other recos. And so don't want to jump the gun here like I usually do. <laughs> um, outside of that, I've been reading a bunch of manga. <laughs> so being a big fat nerd. Uh, we did not see Avengers over the weekend, so no spoilers here. I don't go um, see movies. Except that Captain America dies. <laughs> no, actually, I have no idea what happens. Um, yeah, but I might go see that in Georgia. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to have fun. I'm going to hang out with my bros. It'll be good bro time for all three of us. Yeah. We're all going to sleep in a single king-size bed, <laughs> so that'll be fun. Yeah. That's a joke. I don't know. I couldn't tell. <laughs> I couldn't tell. My boss told me, oh, by the way, there's only a king size. Like he, he told, he texted me and my coworker who were going um, the directions that the people who had the Airbnb who own it, the directions that they gave him. Mm -hmm. He just texted us. So it's like this huge wall of text and they're like how to get in, blah, blah, blah. And then um, he also said, oh, and also there's only a, and one king size bed. I hope y'all are okay with that. And then he sent a gif from Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, which was pretty funny. <laughs> so uh, he never said he was joking. So I don't know if he was joking. It was just heavily implied. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I'm cool with it. You can fit three dudes on a king bed. Yeah. No problem. No problem. So yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be fun in Georgia. I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Sorry, you been I'm into just thinking anything? of scrubs. <laughs> You been any into anything cool lately? Um, cool? No. I mean, like I was telling you earlier today or earlier this evening that I'm just rewatching Heart of Dixie, and I am fully aware of its cheesiness mm -hmm. and ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. But I like it anyways. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There are some shows that I watch that I'm just like, yeah, I'm fully aware that this is a stupid show. Like, it's ridiculous. But I like it anyways. <laughs> I guess you call those guilty pleasures, except that I don't feel guilty about them. Cool. Yeah. Are there any redeeming qualities that you can see? 
was just entertaining. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But you can't really say why it's entertaining. I'm just curious. Just trying to dig a little bit. It's just bit. dramatic, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And yeah. It's mostly it. It's just dramatic. Cool. And I just, I guess I enjoy watching people be stupid. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because like I'm watching it and like while I'm watching it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you are such an idiot. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Or like, why are you letting this person do this to you again? Or like, why Why would anyone actually act like this in real life? Like, I'm sitting there like shaking my head at it, like talking <laughs> to it, like telling it that it's so stupid while I'm watching it, but I'm still watching it. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with that TV show there. Yeah. I'm sure if someone was like watching me watch this show, they would probably <laughs> be doing the same thing. Like, oh why gosh. are you doing this again? Like, why are you watching this? TV showception. <laughs> watching you. Watching me. <laughs> I think I've already made that song reference on the podcast before. Sorry, guys. I didn't even listen to. Is that Neil Diamond? Uh, I think it's Neil Diamond. I think so. I don't even listen to Neil Diamond, okay? I don't know how I know that song. <laughs> it's just a popular song. So sue me. Anyways. Yeah. I, like, haven't been coughing today, except now, when we sit down to do the podcast. <laughs> Jeez. Well, probably because you're talking more than you have all day. That's true. That's true. I'm talking more. And I'm kind of tired, which is stupid, because I shouldn't be tired. No, it's not stupid. I get frustrated Because myself. your daughter woke up at 4.50 this morning. Yeah, but you mostly dealt with her. I just dealt with her afterwards. I fell back asleep and then woke up at like 6.30. Yeah, I was awake from 4.50 until 6.30. Yeah. Fun. And then you took her downstairs and I went back to sleep. Yeah. That was our morning. Yep. Indeed. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we don't have to make this a very long podcast because I don't have very much time, okay? I'm just going to be frank. (laughs) I don't even know why I'm doing... No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I do have stuff to do. I haven't packed it all, and I'm leaving in the morning. So that's fun. Um, So this is kind of a little, uh, a short episode here. But um, there was this cool thing that my boss shared with me at work. Um, And I say cool. Uh, because I don't have another descriptor for it. <laughs> cool <laughs> there was is not thing. the proper one. There's this thing <laughs> that was interesting. There was this thing that made me think. Okay, there we go. A thinkful thing. And we're going to be thinking together. We're just thinking. Um, we are not that podcast, although you should check out the Just Thinking podcast. Yeah, if you haven't listened to our last episode where we talked about it. Go listen to that whole episode <laughs> for the recommendation at the end because just thinking is cool. No, um, so I had some thoughts over this thing that was written. And um, so I figured I'd go ahead and read it um, and basically do exactly what my boss did. Just read it and then see what we think about it, like have a discussion about it. Okay. Because um, it gives, well, actually, I'm not going to preface it. You know what? It's not. Just read it. I'm just not. Just do it. So, uh, okay. 
Uh, all right. Um, so this is an open letter. It's called, it's titled. Uh, also, this is really weird because, you know, we're like joking around. This is actually kind of serious. So sorry. I'm going to like break the clutch here. All right. Serious mode. Yeah, serious. Serious. <laughs> you sounded um, like. Sam Rockwell. Yes. From Gentleman Broncos. Turrets. Serious. Let's get serious. <laughs> hate those okay <laughs> so anyways um this is an open letter and it's entitled i can't be your gay friend okay so it says dear non-affirming christian i've reviewed your offer in the attached job description and after careful consideration i regret to inform you that i will not be accepting the position of gay friend it was tempting at first, mostly because the alternative seemed so lonely. And I'll be honest, you almost won me over with the promise of paying for coffee when we sit down so you can hear my story. However, I have some concerns. First of all, the job description states that you will be name-dropping me in all conversations pertaining to the issue of homosexuality from this point forward. I assume you're referring to the conversations you have with your real friends while you muse about the world and your faith and the ways the two interact. I'm sure these conversations sometimes turn into debates, especially since your non-affirming position is so quickly losing popularity. That's where I come in, right? If you mention that you have a gay friend, then no one could possibly consider you a bigot. I'm the living proof that we can disagree on divisive issues and still get along, correct? as if the coffee we share could be listed among your credentials and our perceived friendship somehow makes you more qualified to condemn. But here's the problem, non-affirming Christian. You're still thinking of me as a divisive issue. Can you understand why that hurts me? Can you understand that I do not want to be used as a mascot for your theology? Your theology puts kids on the street. Your theology tears families apart. Your theology killed Zach Harrington. It killed Leela Alcorn. Your theology is a murderer, even when it's wearing a smiling face and skinny jeans. You can try to justify it next time you and your friends get into one of these debates, but please, I beg of you, not in my name. Forgive me for my bitterness. If I'm being honest, I'm actually a bit jealous that you can have such inconsequential debates. You can argue about homosexuality and then forget about the conversation 10 minutes later. You can arrive at any conclusion you'd like and it'll have no effect on your life. I can't do that. Every time I'm asked to speak on the subject, I make an appeal on behalf of my existence. When I share my opinion, I'm sharing a sacred part of my identity that I know could be rejected. We're not having the same conversation. And that's not your fault, but I think you forget about it sometimes. This job description you wrote also insists that we both agree to love each other despite our disagreements. Man, that sounds great. It really does, and I'm trying so hard to figure out how we might make it work. Non-affirming Christian, I believe that you think you love me, and I know that I try to love you, but the problem is that one of us has a lot more to lose than the other, and I'm so scared that you think it's you. I'm afraid that after we finish our coffee, you're going to go home and pat yourself on the back for adequately loving the least of these— after all, Jesus also spent time with prostitutes and tax collectors. Isn't it somewhere in the Bible that we should love the sinner and hate the sin? And we all know that it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. So, doctor, am I your friend, or am I fulfilling your monthly leper quota? 
if we're gonna make this friendship happen, non-affirming Christian, I have some work to do first. I'm gonna have to pray for the grace to love someone who will never fully accept all of who I am. I'm gonna have to learn how to love unconditionally and without any expectation of support in return. I'm gonna have to forgive you for your unrepentant wielding of a belief system that has systematically oppressed my community for centuries. That is excruciating love. That is tremendous grace. For a gay person to love a non-affirming friend is astonishingly Christ-like. I don't know if I'm qualified for this position. I'm getting there. I feel closer to Jesus than I ever have before, and he's teaching me a whole lot about grace and love. But listen, I am just so exhausted. And until I can learn how to give you grace, I need to be gentle with myself. I need to learn to love the person I was created to be before I can fully love a person who tells me otherwise. Non-affirming Christian, I don't think you realize what you're asking of me when you ask me to be your gay friend. But I'm trying to forgive you for that. In the meantime, I'll walk alongside you and I'll pray for you and I'll ask God for the will to search for some kind of unity. And perhaps one day we can meet for coffee. I'll pay this time. And maybe then we can renegotiate the offer. So, there's a lot there. Would anyone actually go up to someone who considers themselves gay and ask them to be their gay friend? I I mean, I doubt it. I, I or think... is that just how that person feels? So yeah. they're just, okay. Because I'm, I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, who would ask someone who considers themselves gay to be their gay friend? Yeah, no, like, no. That's I, so dumb. <laughs> Why would someone word it that way? Yeah, no, this, this is all, I mean, and, and like my enunciation of certain words was because they were in quotation marks. Mm. So hope, hopefully, um, hopefully that came across when I was reading it. But I do think it was, it was, you know, it was being facetious to try to make the point that, yeah, that's how this person feels. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I don't know the situation in which someone would actually do that. Or, um, you know, she starts off, uh, the writer's a woman, she starts off and, and says, you know, we need to, or at the very end, she said, we need to renegotiate the offer. And I've, you know, um, looked over your offer, you know, things like that, where mm -hmm. like, she's just right. using that as a, as an example, right. it's not someone actually extending her an offer to be a gay friend. Right. Just... Or a contract or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? What do you think when you it hear that? It makes me really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, just to hear how much of her identity she puts in the title of gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, I don't... Uh, I don't believe that there are any gay people or homosexuals. I believe that there are people who commit homosexual acts and struggle with the sin of homosexuality, but they are image bearers. They're not homosexuals. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're not defined by those. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And so to hear her like just put so much stock in 
mm-hmm. and so much of our identity in that makes me really sad. Yeah. And actually, I'm really glad that you mentioned identity because that was a big thing that stuck out to me when I first heard this, you know, read it. Um, and I wasn't sure if it's just because of the class that I'm currently taking that I'm finishing up, um, which is a class on self and social identity. And so, like, I wasn't sure if I, you know, was just particularly aware of when people ascribe their identities and what they find their identity in. Because, like you said... Um, she literally called it a sacred part of her identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she said that it, it would be extremely hard to accept someone who will not accept, yeah, a part who will never accept a part of who she is, which is very, um, mm, like you said, it's, it's, it's sad. I would I'd say, I mean, it's heartbreaking to hear because she also talks about her relationship with Jesus and she said how she feels closer to him than she ever has, um, which is not a bad thing. Like that, that's definitely a good thing. But you see how... But her version of Jesus obviously condones what she's doing, which isn't the Jesus that's in the Bible. Well, right. And, and that, I mean, we can, we can take a look at that as well. But my point is just that Jesus, in, in, this, um, in this letter... Jesus plays a supporting role to right. who she is. Yeah, that's very true. And and that's what was heartbreaking to me. Um because it means that she she yeah, her, her priority is not for what Jesus wants for her. Um although she feels very close to Jesus, which is awesome. But the way that this whole thing is worded is she is rooted in her own identity. And she is learning to love Jesus. So it's really about her and what Mm -hmm. she knows about herself before it's about what Jesus says about her. Right. Um, And that is where we can so easily go astray when we put our own thoughts and feelings and, and even deeply rooted beliefs before Jesus, Mm -hmm. before what God has said in scripture with that, actually, I want to back up a little bit because, um, you know, if, if you don't know, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it a couple times on the podcast before. Uh, we do believe that the scripture is very clear that homosexuality is a sin. Yes. Um, that scripture gives a sexual ethic that only includes, uh, or the proper uh, place of, the, the proper expression of sexuality is mm-hmm. within a um, is within a marriage between a man and a woman. Right. And script and all throughout scripture, you get that. Um, we see plenty of examples in scripture of people who mess that up. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've been open on this podcast that we've messed that up as well. We're not saying that we're perfect people. Um, We still sin, but according to scripture, we do believe that, uh, that homosexuality is a sin. So we're working off of that, um, that paradigm, that framework, um, foundation. Yeah. yeah. And we, and you know, maybe we can get into that 
some other time if if we want to you know if we want a further explanation uh if you want a further explanation reach out to us and, and we can definitely walk through that and and where we see that in scripture um but painting with a broad brush we do believe that scripture all throughout scripture it gives um positive examples of um of sexuality within marriage mm-hmm. between a man and a woman right and that is the only positive place mm-hmm. that it talks about um the proper expression of sexuality um so that's the foundation that we're coming from um when i first heard this um obviously as it was being read to me i i went through you know a gamut of emotions you know and, and thoughts as well um thinking through you know what i would say if someone was like that and and it did catch me off guard because of the way that she kind of framed the whole argument was very, very different than the way that I see things. Um, And so one of the first places my mind went to was like, um, well, I disagree with that. And, you know, if you, if I wouldn't say it that way and, you know, I wish I could explain these things and things like that, which is beneficial to do. But after, after, um, after he was done reading and I really thought about it, if I were to sit down with this person, have a conversation with this person, have coffee with this person. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Have a conversation. The first thing I would want to do is acknowledge their pain that Mm -hmm. they're feeling Mm -hmm. because that that's one of the big themes that I saw running throughout it is how this person has been burned um, specifically by the church because she's addressing non-affirming Christians and talking about the the pain and the damage that they have done. Um, Which and, I was I was confused when mm-hmm. I first read it because I was like, because JJ was reading it to me, I wasn't like reading it on a piece of paper. Yeah. So when he said non-affirming Christian, like I just sort of assumed that it meant that they weren't affirming of Christianity. And so I was so confused for a while. And I was like, and then when he was done, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. Non-LGBTQ plus. Yeah. Affirming. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Maybe I should have specified that because yeah, they don't necessarily say that. They just assume. Yeah. Affirming means gay affirming. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, back to what I was saying is that, the first place that I would go with this person is to, uh, yeah, acknowledge their pain and mm-hmm. hurt because I will agree to the extent that I think the church as a whole in America, you know, in modern America, um, has done a pretty poor job of dealing with like singling out this particular sin mm-hmm. of homosexuality. Now, I understand that in our current modern age, you know, postmodern, whatever, post-postmodern age, whatever, um, that now it's, now the pendulum has swung and, um, and now, you know, now it's gone the other way, you know, and they alluded to it as well, that like your position is, is losing traction, you know, something like that. So I get that. And I get that your reaction to that would be to very strongly condemn homosexuality. But I think we do an extremely, I think we do a huge disservice to any 
um, particularly non-Christian, by pointing out to them their particular sins in such a way that... um, Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way to say this, because yes, I believe that you need to bring the law and present the law to someone in order to teach them what grace is. Mm-hmm. So you need... In order for them to know what to repent of. Exactly. What Jesus died for. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying don't say that that someone is sinful, but I'm saying that treating particular sins as um, particularly heinous without really going into why um, can be damaging to your presentation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Let me put it that way. So if, I mean, for you know, you think of like Westboro Baptist, obviously, I don't even think they're a church. <laughs> um, they, you know, their message is terrible and their message is hateful, you mm-hmm. know, that God hates certain things. That's their message. There's no redemption, just that God hates certain things and certain people. And if you fall into one of those groups, then God hates you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the extent that the church in general has... Um, preached that message um it is it is painful um for people you know it is it um makes the gospel look ugly to people um it no longer looks like good news mm-hmm. and so i again i i would just want to empathize with this person because if they have felt like they have had relationships with people who are only using them to meet know, a to, quota. Right. Um, that sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. Um, and whether that's, you know, whether that's gay, whether, that, you know, and you know, I'm going to bring it up again. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Whether, you know, you're, you're the black friend, you know, whether you're, whatever quota it is to meet. Um, It, it's it's dehumanizing yeah. because you're no yeah. longer um, seeking a relationship for someone with someone to actually care about them. Mm-hmm. You only care about uh, your interaction with them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, you you're you're the fact that you have right. It almost seems like a contradiction. What she's saying. Because she's saying that she doesn't want to meet, she doesn't want to be this like token gay friend. Mm-hmm. But she puts so much of her identity in being gay. Yeah. And it sounds like she's proud of that title. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems contradicting. Yeah. Yeah. She wants that title for herself without other people like acknowledging it not necessarily acknowledging it but like defining her as that as well she she is hurt by that definition when it's put on her when that's put before her personhood yet she is so wrapped up in that title when she talks about herself mm-hmm. she doesn't want other people to do that um i agree that that's contradictory um, I think 
from my from my belief from my from what I understand of scripture is that is um sorry I was going to say her conscience I don't I don't know that I can pinpoint it to her conscience but I think what that is is that she um realizes that putting her identity in that is damaging and so when people only see her as that thing that she has put so much of her identity in um it is painful it does hurt um and we should not do that right <laughs> um I, I don't think we should see as Christians, as people who love the Lord, as people who um, have experienced God's grace, I don't think we should see sinners um, simply by their sin. You know, we right. should see them as the way God sees them, um, which, yes, it does mean that they are sinners, mm-hmm. but it also means that um, we should preach the gospel to them, right. which is the good news which is redemption in Christ Jesus for all who repent and believe. Um, and and we should see people, th- that people have worth. Like you said earlier, that she's made in the image of God, that she does have worth that's not found in her actions, right. in what she does, in the way that she chooses to, to act. Um, it's found in who made her. Exactly, in God. And so, again, to the extent that the church has treated her simply on the basis of her actions, that's wrong. Right. That's sinful. Um, and and we should be very careful as Christians not to do that because it's easier to do that. You can mm-hmm. distance yourself from someone. Um, that That's another thing is that I, I feel like, I feel like if you treat um, people this way over specific sins like homosexuality and not other friends that you have who struggle with other sins that it's hypocritical right like if you're if you're only talking about the sexual sin of homosexuality and not talking about premarital sex or you know like all the other sexual sins out there Mm -hmm. yeah pornography right you know because masturbation yeah like a lot of a lot of our culture nowadays sees pornography as just inevitable that mm-hmm. some guys do you know and to the extent that you have friends who you know make jokes about the pornography they watch or are just open about it and and if you're treating someone who's open about their uh, homosexuality that it and you treat them differently i mean that something's wrong there um and that's why i say i don't think you should see the sinner just for their sin right but you should see how you know yeah like i said the image of god and how you can share the gospel how you can minister to them um and that does i i would say it does to a certain extent require building a relationship with yeah, them definitely. and and again i i just hear a lot in this story of how this person has been mistreated and it breaks my heart um it breaks my heart that they feel that way about the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, the church that holds to the scriptures, that holds to um, what God says about sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart that the church would have such a poor witness to someone like this. Yeah. So. Oh, it reminds me of... Um, um, 
Oh, Rosaria. Rosaria Butterfield. Her book, um, oh, what, what was it called? The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert? Yep, that's it. Such a good book. Yeah. Just how she explains how um, the the pastor and his wife that like God used to bring her to himself is just amazing. Yeah. Cared about her. Yeah. Like invited her into their home and just cared about her and talked to her, got to know her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're friends with her. Yeah. And not, sorry, I'm trying to think how to say it because definitely it was for the sake of, um, for the sake of the gospel, but like, because they cared about her as a person. Because they, yeah, cared they about her. her soul. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It wasn't some ulterior motive. Right. It was to love her and to love her well. And the way that you love people is that you share the gospel with them. You evangelize. Right. Um, I think also there was that, um, there was that video that Emily Thelms did with, I can't remember the, the production company that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she mentioned how like, like you're not saved from, from gay to straight. Mm-hmm. Like you're from eternal damnation to eternal life. Yeah. Like I don't think those were her, her exact words, but, but that was, that's like the gist of it. Like we shouldn't be seeking to, just rescue people out of homosexuality like Mm -hmm. we should be seeking to save their souls from eternal damnation yes yes i think that's what i was trying to say earlier okay (laughs) (laughs) is is like that the sin is not the issue um it's excuse me um it's not the root of the issue it's a symptom the sin that that people deal with that are you know that they're a part of um is a symptom of their sinful heart that mm-hmm. needs to be uh taken out you know that Washed needs to be clean. replaced yep. um you know we die and then we're reborn that's jesus said you must be born again, again yeah um, as a new creation in christ um, and that's what happens, yeah. And it is holistic, and obviously it doesn't all happen at once. Um, we still struggle, we still fight with sin, uh, but the issue is that you have a sinful heart. <laughs> the issue is that you hate God. The issue is that, right. um, yeah, you're you're already condemned. Um, and to see the gospel, the grace of God to save sinners. Um, is the good news that we have for the world, for for people. And so when we boil it down to one issue, um, I think we do a huge disservice to to the world Mm -hmm. and to the glorious grace of God. Right. So um, there are a couple other things that that stood out to me. Um, (coughs) I didn't know... Who those people were that she mentioned that were killed? Yeah, and that um, and that was actually where where what I was going to go to is that um, I I don't know who those people are either. I probably should have researched a little bit before we did this. So <laughs> sorry, guys. 
But what I will say is that that particular section, um, she, she, I would say throughout the entire thing, she makes a lot of accusations. Mm-hmm. Um, but that particular section stuck out to me where, where she talked about how your theology killed these people. Um, it hurts to hear that she truly believes that. Mm-hmm. But I think it is easily seen that that is not the case. And I don't, again, I don't know these specific instances. But when you tell someone that an action is sinful, and even if they are prone to that action, that does not mean that if they fall into depression, if they um, hate themselves, that they commit that action, if they were even to commit suicide, it does not mean that you're at fault for their suicide. If you tell someone to kill themselves, yeah, okay, it's your fault. But if you're saying that the actions that you're doing are wrong, and then you equate that to telling someone to kill themselves, like that you're at fault for suicide. Yeah. Um, well, that also like brings it back to the wrapped up in that identity. Mm-hmm. Like if you are so wrapped up in the title of gay, like if you are so, if you hold on to your, um, if you claim yourself as a homosexual to your core and that is who you are. Yeah, like you're going to be absolutely devastated when someone tells you that it's a sin Mm -hmm. that you have to stop doing that yeah yeah that god hates what you're doing right that is it is not hateful to say that no it is not um because she specifically says your theology killed these people right that is not true at all now can and i think it's a misunderstanding of the theology exactly exactly because um sure again there are there are groups like westboro that says that you know just straight up god hates you right you know god hates people who commit these acts and um and there are people that will you know i that'll that'll go gay bashing or things like that Mm -hmm. that is not due to a theology that says that god calls homosexuality a sin right it's not that's taking it way too far and saying that therefore we should do these things i mean there's no that is calling it an unforgivable sin yeah yeah which is a lie mm -hmm. and there is no biblical basis to to do that right um so it is not the theology that killed these people um because if you take that same example for any other sin it doesn't work right um if if i so i'll I'll, okay i'll i'll be honest here okay so i struggled with pornography through all of my teenage years um and i mean after that as well but uh, particularly in my teenage years um and i hated myself for it okay there was a period in my teenage years where um i felt like i was depressed but it was because of the sin that I knew was wrong that I would still 
commit. Okay. Um, so, I mean, and that, and that is a heterosexual sin. Mm-hmm. It is not the fault of the fact that God says that that's sinful, that I felt the way that I did. You know, just because I had a conscience and what I knew and I knew that what I was doing was wrong doesn't mean that I that I blamed God for saying that it was wrong. It was wrong and it was my choice to commit the that sin, even though I had an inclination to commit that sin. I never blamed God that I committed the sin. I never blamed God that I hated myself because it wasn't God who was doing the sin. It was me. Mm -hmm. It was my fault. I was the one who was choosing to commit that sin. So, and I think that that's the same thing. You can say that with other sins, you know, kleptomania, you know, stealing is wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you can't say that because now everyone who has kleptomania is going to have a complex and they're going to hate themselves for it. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's not how you deal with sin Mm -hmm. by blunting the fact that it is sin. Right. Um, You accept the fact that it's sin. Mm -hmm. You accept that you're broken and that you have an inclination toward that sin. Right. Um, And you come to God and God changes you. Right. Because the issue isn't the sin. mm Mm-hmm. The issue is your heart. heart, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And calling something, calling a sin, a sin isn't hateful. Right. Because from a Christian point of view, that's actually loving. Mm -hmm. Because from a Christian point of view, we are caring for your soul and don't want you to spend eternity in hell. Right. Um, I'm not saying that homosexuality is what sends you to hell. I am saying that a heart that is not born again, a person that is not born again, a person that does not have their full faith in Christ is going to spend eternal eternity in hell. Mm-hmm. Um. And so when we're calling out a sin or calling someone to repentance, it's out of love. Mm -hmm. It's out of a want, a desire for that person to be with Jesus, to spend eternity with him in heaven Mm -hmm. and not eternally separated from him. Right. And I think it's key that we as Christians share both the law and grace. Right. Um, because if you are too, if you only present one side, if you only present the law, if you only present the fact that it's sinful, um, then you're not giving people any hope. <laughs> right. If you only present the fact that there is grace in Christ, then they won't understand their sin. Right. You know, then people won't understand that they're even sinful. Just that, hey, Jesus is a cool guy and he was willing to die for me. I'm but awesome. What did he die for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it, I think it's imperative that both sides 
um, are shared. Yes. Both law and grace, because both are um, pillars of the faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, well, do you have any more thoughts? That that kind of covers it for me, as far as I can tell. Um, it's all it's all kind of interrelated, and it's all wrapped up in it. And I think one of the reasons that I wanted to to talk about this is because it is distinctly like modern, these ideas, the yeah. way that this person wrote this, the way that they talk, the words that they used is very modern. And I like things like this that challenge me, that challenge me to think, how would I respond to someone who says these things? Mm-hmm. How do I process these things through a biblical filter? How do I recognize what people are saying and what their worldview is from what they're saying? Um, because it's difficult in the heat of the moment to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've brought it up on the podcast before. I've listened to, and I haven't listened to it in a while, but Derek Webb's podcast, um, I feel like it's the same kind of deal where I listen to people's stories and stories of a lot of like apostates and people who have left uh, the faith. And um, it breaks my heart, but it's also, um, I think it's helpful for me to empathize and to think through how I would respond to someone who has gone through such a a painful time and come out the other end um, denying their faith. Um, So so I think things like these that are challenging are good for us as Christians to think through. Yeah. Um, And and I know that's slightly ironic because she talks about in the letter how – I know you're going to go to your other friends and, and I'm just going to be a debate, you know, like you're going to have a conversation and I'm just going to be a debate to you. I hope that's not what this has been because I do really want to stress the fact that, um, well, we're not debating. Right. Right. I know. I know. But I just mean like we're having a Christian conversation, like at the expense of this, her term gay person. Um, and, and I don't necessarily mean to do that. Again, what what I hope that I'm doing is stressing the fact that you are talking to a real person, mm-hmm. like if you were to talk to this person. And so it's not just an argument. It's not just an argument that you make that you think up that, okay, well, I can trump what she's saying by by telling her X, Y, and Z. Right. Because there is that, that's all head. And you need to say that with a heart um, that loves people, that sees people as God sees them. Right. That acknowledges that she is an image bearer. And well, and that, that's just, that's not going to make any impact with her whatsoever, no. except for being more angry. Right. Right. Um, and possibly just shut down. Yeah. 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 And that's probably what, I mean, from her examples of people using her as a token gay friend, that sounds like that has what has led her to that spot mm-hmm. is people just using her as a, as an argument instead of seeing her as a person. So do you have any more thoughts? No, no. All right. Well, I think it's, I think it's been good. Hopefully it's challenging. And if you want to challenge us, you can reach out to us. We're on Twitter. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me. You can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. Before we head out, do you have any recommendations for the lovely listeners out there? 
I don't. Not this week. No. You don't. You don't want to reco Heart of Dixie. Mm, I'm no. just kidding. I'm just. I'm giving you grief. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, I like I said, been I mean, listening to like some cool like music. That, then cool, but yeah, cool. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> if um, I've been listening to a lot of new music, and I there's a band that I really liked their first album. I hadn't really listened to them since then. But they put out an album last year that I didn't listen to until this past week. And I think it is actually kind of fantastic. Um, the band is from Indian Lakes. Um, it's, it's That's kinda, the name of the band. Yes, from Indian Lakes. There's a link <laughs> in the description. You can go check them out. I uh, particularly recommend the song The Monster. Or maybe it's just Monster. Anyways, it's the second track on the album. Um, I love it because it is in 7-8, for any music nerds who actually know what that means. Um, it's a very strange time signature, but it doesn't feel strange. I love it when bands can groove to like uh, a 5-4 or a 7-8, and like you don't even realize, hey, this song is in a weird time signature. It just feels so good. Um, so go check that out. They're really good. I, I, I like them. They're kind of like spacey, experimental, indie, hipster rock. But I like it. I recommend it. Check them out. If you hate it, that's cool. But I'll keep listening. Um, and now that I've said that, I can't even remember what the name of their last album is off the top of my head. Because I'm that dumb. Um, I Can Feel Better Now. Something like that. Everything Feels Better Now. That's named the album. And um, track two, The Monster. Highly recommend. Blank Tapes is really good. Track three. But um, yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, any, any any parting thoughts? No. Okay. Peace out. Bye. Bye.